As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Late night. Midnight on the interstate. I didn't feel so great until I saw the city. Welcome back to Straight from the Source with Michael Russo. Thanks as always for tuning in. It's been a long time. I've uh, taken a uh, several weeks off here in off-season mode. So much has changed yet. So many things have stayed the same. Like the Vikings are on two. Missed a field goal to lose a game. Kirill Kaprizov is still unsigned. We'll get to that in a bit. Uh, but really, really uh, happy about this relaunch of the podcast as we begin the 2021-22 season, my 17th covering the Minnesota Wild. And I'm happy to be joined by today guests, Marco Rossi and Matt Boldy, uh, two players that we've gotten to know uh, fairly virtually here the last year and a half during the pandemic. Um, I've especially gotten to know Marco. Uh, he's just given me really incredible access to himself. Uh, talk to him a lot via WhatsApp, via text, um, and then finally getting to meet him face to face. Um, watch him play hockey, sit down with him for a podcast. It was really a treat. He's such a well-spoken, smart kid. And let me just tell you right now, after seeing him on the ice, he is absolutely the real deal. There's just so much about his game that I like, not just the way the puck just explodes off his stick, uh, but his work ethic, his smarts, his uh, mobility, his ability and willingness to play in traffic, and then uh, to sit down with him and hear everything that he's gone through and overcome here in the last uh, several months. It's just really been a, a cool opportunity to sit down with him and watch him. And he definitely excited Wild fans this week, along with Matt Boldy, who we've gotten to know uh, a lot here the last couple of years, watching him succeed, especially his sophomore season at Boston College, win gold at the World Juniors up in Alberta, and then go and see him become an Iowa Wild player and, and average more than a point a game in his 14 games there. He nearly played in the playoffs and he is definitely here to try to make this team both these kids are so we sit down with 
with uh, both Marco and Matt for really fun conversations, about 15 minutes each that you'll hear coming up. But really cool is that they both put on a show at the Prospect Tournament this week, the Tom Curvis Prospect Showcase against the Chicago Blackhawks. The Wild uh, left the Traverse City Tournament in large part because it was just too busy. You, know, you brought in a lot of first-year college guys, first-year pros, invitees. They played four games and five nights in Traverse City. And then by the time they advanced to either going back to their junior teams or going back to their pro teams or colleges or coming to training camp and, and and potentially making the team, the Wild felt that they these kids were essentially burnt out. And now having Chicago and Minnesota in alternating years uh, host these tournaments, next year the Wild will go to Chicago, then back to Minnesota, and hopefully they have a long relationship. The hope is that these guys, not only do they get rest during the week, but now they go into training camp and they are, one, confident, but two, uh, you, you know, not burnt out, not tired, not hurting. And now, um, you know, especially in a year where the Wild have roster spots open, two or three forward spots, depending on what happens with Kaprizov, maybe a defenseman spot. We'll see if they keep AD or if somebody gets hurt in camp and gives Kalen Addison a shot. Now these guys will go in feeling confident and have a chance to really compete and push some of these veterans that are standing in their way to maybe getting a, a job. But what was really cool about this uh, Traverse City, um, excuse me, about this uh, tournament here in St. Paul was in large part, the all the kids showed up and they performed and they produced. And that especially are their top prospects, guys like Rossi, Boldy, Adam Beckman, Kalen Addison, Nick Sweeney was great, Mitchell Chafee was great, Damien Giroux were great. A lot of their first round picks showed really well in the back end, guys like Ryan O'Rourke and Damon Hunt and uh, Carson Lambos, which was really cool for what he's gone through the last year to look as good as he did this week. And, you know, again, I haven't covered any of the Traverse City tournaments, but the Wild have largely been unsuccessful there and they're pre- not only have they gotten guys hurt there but a lot of their you know so-called hyped p- prospects that have gone there haven't come back with any stats and here the wild win both games they win 3-2 on Friday night coming back from behind in third period and then today on Sunday same thing uh get a tying goal uh, late with four seconds left by Marco Rossi, and then a shootout winner by Nick Sweeney. So they they win two games, but Matt Boldy was outstanding, scored a couple goals today, set up Marco Rossi's third period goal on Friday night. Today, Rossi, as I mentioned, not only scores the tying goal with four seconds left off a great play by Mitchell Chafee, but he gets a couple of assists on early goals by Matt Boldy. Um, so, and, the, and the one assist that he had where he stood up Lucas Reichel uh, for a defensive zone turnover, we've, we've seen that so much from him uh, in these two games. I mean, the amount of times that Marco Rossi made plays in, in um, the Chicago end to create potential, uh, you know, potential scoring chances or an actual goal, it was, it was you know, at least a half dozen times. So this is stuff that he works with with his trainers back home, Dylan Stanley and, and, a, and a couple other people. He puts them in, in instinctual plays where all of a sudden he can learn different parts of the game and then execute it and we saw it happen uh, potentially today. Um, so, you know, it was just really cool to see. And again, Boldy, same thing, just the real deal. Um, loves to have the puck, loves to shoot the puck. The way he quarterbacks the power play down low against uh, along the goal line was outstanding. Um, Kalen Addison looked fabulous out there. Beckman has that shoot first mentality, which uh, I think a lot of us uh, that have covered a lot of wild prospects with pass first mentalities uh, really appreciate. Um, but again, just seeing all the other guys uh, come come 
ready to play and perform was pretty cool to see. So it gives you a, a, you know an optimistic feeling going into training camp here. So let's get to the uh, bad feelings going into training camp here. Uh, training camp starts Wednesday. It's Sunday night, and Karol Kaprizov still isn't signed. Um, Billy Guerin said today just how disappointed he is with that fact, but made it very clear that they'll keep on working on it here the next two, three days. Um, but if training camp starts on Wednesday and Karol Kaprizov isn't here, the focus is just going to be on the guys that are here and, and trying to put this team together as they continue to try to negotiate with uh, Karol Kaprizov. Um, the problem is now, even if they, he signed imminently, like say Monday it gets done, he's still got to get a work visa and he's still going to need to quarantine for seven days once he eventually gets over here. And as, we, as we've seen in the past, it's not simple and a quick process oftentimes to get a work visa in the best of times, let alone a pandemic. So who knows, even if he signs imminently, when he's going to show up here. But regardless now, if he signs imminently or if he doesn't, the Wild are going to be without Kirill Kaprizov for a large part of training camp, which again opens the doors to guys like Beckman, Rossi, uh, Boldy to maybe make the team. Also other guys, if the Wild decide that there's no spot for Boldy in the top nine or he can't uh, perform in training camp or same thing with Beckman, maybe uh, Freddie Goudreau goes to that spot on the second or third line and then a Connor Dewar or Brandon Duham have a chance to make the team on the fourth line because I can't see uh, you know the, one of these top six or nine forwards playing in a fourth line role or uh, you know if they need a 13th forward maybe you give that to somebody like Kyle Rao who's paid his dues in the minors for a long long time has gotten some NHL games um, but Kaprizov still isn't done Wilder extremely frustrated about, you know, according to my sources, this five year and $45 million contract ish has been on the table for several weeks and yet it's still not done. And this is a player that the wild uh, value incredibly. He's extremely important to this team. We all know what a star he is and how absolutely critical he is for the success of this team this season. But the Wild feel like they've gone to $9 million for a guy that's played 55 games against seven teams. Not an 82-game season. Um, not against 32 teams. Um, somebody that's played in an odd year 55 games. And he's a fabulous player, but how do you go more than nine? So I think the Wild are just going to stand firm here and keep this thing on the table. And then at some point, maybe Kirill accepts the contract, which again, if he just takes five years, 45, to me, that's still extremely disappointing that something that could have been done uh, a month ago gets done and it's going to cause him to miss the start of camp. Uh, to me, it's just, it's amazing that they've gotten to this point uh, with somebody that I think a lot of teams never thought would uh, get more than seven a million a year on a five-year term, let alone nine. Um, you know, right now, I think one of the big issues here is that the Wild have sort of set a precedent the last couple of years of not giving signing bonuses. Jared Spurgeon got about Eight million of his fifty-something million dollars in signing bonuses, about seven percent of his contract, I believe it was. But Jonas Berdine, Marcus Foligno, Ryan Hartman—I um, uh, know I'm forgetting something. Well, Eric Sinek, obviously, none of those contracts included signing bonuses, and that's just something that Billy Guerin's trying to do here. Um, and I think a lot of it probably is, uh, you know, personal to Craig Leopold. <laughs> you know, with Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter bought out after nine years, they got 88 of their $98 million that were supposed to be intended on a 13-year term in nine years based on the signing bonuses they, they got earlier in their career. So these are players that essentially, um, let's do that math real quick. Um, 88 divided by nine had $11 million cap hits uh, rather than the original seven point whatever that they were expected to have. So um, I think that after the signing bonuses with that, I think that the Bill Garrett uh, is trying to basically just not put signing bonuses into these deals. And again, that might 
you know, you as a fan that want to see Kirill Kaprizov in, a line, in the lineup, which I absolutely respect, might say, well, what the heck, just give him the signing bonus, write him a check for $5 million and get it done with. Um, but, you know, look, <laughs> to me, the signing bonus is him getting $9 million. Uh, you know, I, I, I just, again, after covering this league now, my 27th year coming up, I've never seen a negotiation that, like this. Um, I know that Bill says it happens all the time and they're not the only team in this situation, but guys like Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson that are established in the game, uh, Brady Kachuk even, they have games under their belt. Um, Kirill's got 55 games, and I don't think anybody on a five-year term ever thought it would get higher than, than uh, you know, $6 million, $7 million. I've talked to a lot of agents the last month that are just amazed at the while they're willing to spend nine on Kirill, and it's still not done. And so uh, it's, it's frankly unreal that he's going to be late to camp here, but we'll see uh, if they can get it done. Um, but again, roster spots are open. This should be an eventful training camp. It's going to be fun to see if these young guys who succeeded in a rookie tournament now in the big stage going up against NHL players in a more structured environment, um, if they could be as good, as impactful, as noticeable as they were in this rookie tournament. You know, I got a lot of tweets today like, well, they showed they belonged. You know, there's no doubt that they should make the team. They couldn't have done any more, anything more. Well, yeah, they couldn't have done anything more in the rookie tournament, but they still have main camp ahead. And things change quite differently, as we've seen in the past, once you get into exhibition games, when you're going up against great defensive forwards like Jewel Erickson Eck or great defensemen like Spurgeon, Dumba, Brody, um, in in training camp, things like that. So uh, we'll see if if the Rossies and the Beckmans and the Boldies can you know continue to make things difficult and make a hard decision for for management. Um, but without further ado, um, you know one of my uh, favorite interviews that I've done in a long, long time. Somebody that I've gotten to know uh, you know over uh, over WhatsApp, over Skype, all sorts of things the last um, several months. Marco Rossi. Here's Marco right now. Well, Marco, uh, really happy to be uh, first meeting you face to face. I feel like I've gotten to know you the last year, uh, just talking to you so much uh, on WhatsApp and, and things like that. Uh, welcome to Minnesota officially now that you can go on the ice. Yeah, thanks very much. And good to see you now in person, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, like, uh, first of all, what was it like out there today? First on the ice, uh, we know, which I don't think was a shocker, but it seemed like you were really excited to just get out there for your first official skate with the Wild. Yeah, it felt amazing. I was waiting for a long time now for that moment because I know I remember when I was injured, you're just like waiting for that moment to be finally the first time to be on the ice with the team and just skating out there because that's like the most passion I have and that's just where I love to be. I love to be on the ice and especially around here in Minnesota. I love it here. So yeah, I was looking for a long time now for that moment and today when I realized, okay, today is the first time I go on the ice and it starts like with the rookie camp. I just had like so much excitement before the practice and of course like during the practice I was just happy and it felt really good out there. And you had to skate with a fellow first round pick Matt Boldy. Um, how, how much have you gotten to know him? Is this pretty much the last couple of days getting to know him for the first time? Yeah, the couple, the, like the first, I think like last week I met him the first time. Uh-huh. So we had just like some exchanges and to get to know him a little bit better. But I think on the ice with a really good chemistry I think we can see it out there. We always try to find each other with some good passes, but I think each day we always like gonna be better together. So yeah, but 
so far it's really good with him. And uh, Marco skated also with Mitchell Chafee on his line as well today, another wild prospect that signed out of uh, UMass last year. Um, Marco, um, take us back, and I know that you're probably tired of bringing, uh, even talking about this, and hopefully we'll never talk about it again, but bring us back to last January and just what it was like to get here. I know that you said that you didn't feel right at the World Junior Championships, but didn't really think anything of it. Um, and then you get to Minnesota, and you're immediately given a phone call that uh, you didn't fit past your physical. Yeah, exactly. So it all started like at the World Junior. Um, the beginning was like, I didn't feel really good, but you're not thinking too much about it. Okay, what's the problem? Maybe, I don't know. I was just thinking, okay, maybe they didn't sleep good, jet lag, or there were like so many minds that I went through, but you never like expect from the worst thing. You never think about, okay, it's gonna be my heart or anything else. So. Then when I came here to Minnesota, they um, said, okay, today we have the medical test for you. So I was like just doing it. And then I was ready normally like for the next day to practice for the first time. So like for the whole day, I was like really looking forward and was ready to be finally tomorrow and then on the ice. But before I went to bed, I got a call and they said, you can't practice tomorrow. Um, we got to do more medical checks on you. So I was surprised by that. And they said like, you can't do any sport today. So those news were like really shocking for me at the beginning because mm -hmm. I wasn't really sure what's going on right now. So they told me, okay, yeah, we found something in the blood work and blah, blah, blah. Then, <laughs> yeah, since that, I always did like everyday testing and testing and I didn't really know what was going on. And then they were like, yeah, it's something around my heart. And they didn't really like say exactly what it was so that was like the scary part because there were like so many things they were saying yeah i don't know what is the true thing right now so especially like for my parents back home it was scary because they are not here you can't come here and they just hear like bad news every day and there's like no good news so i think for my family it was really hard and from mm -hmm. just like for me too i was very happy they lived at thomas place because um he was supporting me a lot and I'm thankful for that. So I don't know what I would do if I would be alone in an yeah. apartment or hotel room. So I was thankful for that, but it wasn't really easy for that. And I was really lucky, like after three weeks, um, when we could know, okay, what it was, then I had a really good um, conversation with Bill and he understood me really well in that situation. He said, okay, go home to Austria. You need the support from your family because it's a really serious thing what you need and you need like a strong like environment around you. Mm -hmm. And it was like my family and my heart doctor from back home because I know him since I was 10 years old. So I have a lot of um, trust in him, what he's doing with me and he knows my heart the best. Mm -hmm. So I just had like the best feeling with him. And as we see, that was like the best decision I could make. Yep. And uh, Thomas is Tom, uh, Thomas Vanek, former Wild and uh, Gopher star and uh, best, probably the best Austrian player in, in history. And somebody you looked up to. I mean, it, sh it almost shows that things happen for a reason. I mean, just that you had, you know, I know that you had never really met Thomas before, but you had a texting relationship with you with him when you were at the Ottawa 67s. Um, how how much your dad called him almost like a second dad to you when you were here i mean how much did it help that he was bringing you to the doctor's appointments he was helping you going back to his family at night playing with his kids things like that yeah like i said before i wouldn't know what i would do if i would be mm -hmm. alone because 
in that po mo moment you're just like thinking all the time 24-7 about my heart what's going on then like you're thinking so much and you got like with time you got maybe depressed or something so yeah. I was really happy that he was here for me he was always like talking to me or oh anytime what I need he was always here for me that doesn't matter if I need medication or if I have to go to like a doctor appointment or anything he was helping for me so I think that was really good for me like for the mental part that I don't think too much about my heart mm -hmm. of course you're thinking like before you go to bed you're thinking a little bit about that so but yeah I was happy that he was here for me because even like the whole family from him the, the wife and the kids so yeah I am just thankful for that the, uh, I was talking to Dylan Stanley, uh, your, your trainer back home, who plays professionally in Austria for your hometown team, and, and he, he told me that you not working out, that's like you know you, you, a kid learning to crawl and not being allowed to crawl. I mean, a kid learning to walk and not being allowed to walk. What was that like for you? I mean, you, you, we see your social media and what kind of fitness. Uh, you're a gym rat, a rink rat. To not be able to do anything uh, had to be just absolutely horrible. Yeah, it was really hard because... Like I said, as an athlete, you're used to no do something, at least something. Mm -hmm. And I think like the first four or five days, or like for, for the first week, it was good. Like it didn't feel bad, but then with time, you were like thinking so much about it and say, okay, I want to do something. Just like put a stick in my hand or anything, but I couldn't. That was really hard, like for the mental stuff, because like you can't do anything. Yeah, it's so weird, like for an athlete to know or like to say to to myself i can't do anything for such a long time and then you always hear like the news from doctors but we don't know if you're ever gonna come back so then you just want to do something to know to say to myself okay no i'm ready to play but when you can't do anything for such a l long time and doctors are saying that then you're like worrying a lot about it but yeah i mean like i did a really good job on that because I had a really good support from my family, from my girlfriend, from a lot of people around me. They were supporting me. And that was really important for me to not think all the time about my heart or anything. And I think I did a really good job on that. And after five months, I could finally work out again and it felt amazing. Yeah, uh, uh, Marco just did a press conference and he said that when he would go for walks, his heart rate would get up to 110, which is kind of like a sports writer, <laughs> but not for a professional athlete. Um, Marco, when did you, like during, great question from a fan here on Twitter, basically he said, like, when did you during your comeback sort of say, I know that now I'm healthy, I got this, I could do this? Like, when did you stop thinking about your heart? Um. Like at the beginning, of course, I was working out. You're like a little bit worried. Okay, I go like when you feel something, you're just worried about. Mm -hmm. it. Okay, what is it? What is it? But the good thing was that I had a lot of doctors, especially at the beginnings. Like every second day, I had a meeting with them to check my heart, and it was really important for me, like mental part, that I know. Okay, I don't have anything anymore, and 100% mm -hmm. clear, and I can go 100%. And for mental part, it was really important because. If I would think the whole time, then you don't reach your limits. And so I was thankful for that. And even like after two or three months, I always had some doctor um, meetings just to make sure everything is good and so that I don't have to worry about. But I think like after the first months, I knew, okay, I'm going to be stronger back. And yeah, since that, I had one goal and that's to be better than before. And 
it happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, that's what you've been saying all summer. You, when do you like? How hard is it to your dad rented you a sheet of ice basically all summer? You two a days, I know. And when do you, like? How hard is it to um, simulate? Uh, you know, tr- those type of training sessions for what you guys did today. Um, like at the beginning, it was important for me to get the ice feeling back to mm-hmm. get used to it again just like to be skating out there and i think like the first week we just went like with the intensity to 20 seconds and that was it like just 20 seconds then a little bit break 20 seconds to get used to that again but um yeah and then second week we always went up a little bit like then second week 30 seconds third week 40 seconds and after four weeks we said okay now we do more embedded um, drills and stuff like that and then i had um a really good week um with like um, Pius Suter, um, Jonas Siegenthaler, Dennis Malgin, Philipp Kuroshev, uh, Timo Meyer, and yeah, there were like a lot of players out mm-hmm. there f- from the NHL. Nino Niederreiter yep, was there yeah, too. Yeah, love Nino. So, yeah, so <laughs> that was good to get in some games again and some dr- um, battle drills. And so, in that point, I know, okay, I'm ready. I'm more than ready than before. And this gives you like you so much confidence. Yeah, the. Um now you're back. Uh, I know that how confident you are in yourself. Today is, in your mind, the first day at training camp, right? I mean, I know that you have two uh, scrimmages coming up Friday and Sunday, and this podcast, by the way, will be will be published after that. But how much do you look, and I'm sure uh, Boldy's going to say the same thing, how much do you look at now as sort of like, all right, this is not this is not rookie camp. This is the beginning of training camp. You saw the brass watching you today, the Dean Evison and his coaching staff. This is not just a couple of rookie games. Exactly, like, it has rookie camp, but everyone is here to make the team and to mm-hmm. make an impact. And but everyone knows, or I know that you have to earn that spot. It's not gonna say, okay, you make the team. Like you gotta earn it and gotta show why you wanna make the team. You gotta make like an impression for them. So yeah, my goal is just to think like day by day to make er- every day the best out of me, to be better than before, and just compete on a high level. And I think that's my game. I don't wanna think too much about anything else. And I'm thinking about this week now and day by day. And then after that week, I go from from the next. You're still technically the reigning OHL MVP because there was not an OHL season last year. Leading scorer, uh, I think first European import to, to win that, um, to, to lead that league in, in scoring. How, how much do you think that game can translate to the NHL level? Or, or you know, do you, do you, I know you don't want to admit it, or do you think you might need some time in Iowa to just learn the North American pro game? No, I know the American hockey game. Like mm-hmm. that's my game. I love to play on a small area. That's exactly my game to be on a transition or on a small area. I love to protect the puck, make quick plays. I think that's exactly my game. And you could see, like in Ottawa, that was my game. And I think the difference between OHL and NHL is just that everything is a little bit much better. They're faster. They're stronger. They're like just winning more battles. They're maybe they make some better puck and placements and stuff like that so but i think that's my game and like i said many times before i i think like i'm ready i know Mm -hmm. that have you uh gotten i know that you spent most of january and part of february here but you weren't able to do much other than see the inside of probably uh doctor's offices and and maybe a couple times at the practice have you gotten to know your teammates a little bit here though just because you've been around the team like your your actual minnesota teammates yeah, I've been here now for two weeks and I've been skating with them, like most of them. So I got to know them, a, a lot of them players, I think almost everyone, I think maybe not two players, but mm-hmm. the rest I've met everyone. Yeah. And uh, and did you get to be around them in January too or are you pretty much uh, not allowed at the practice facility? 
I was there maybe at the games, but mm -hmm. not really much. Maybe yeah. after the game, I, I saw some players, but maybe just for small right. talk. Have you gotten to explore the Twin Cities a little bit? I know you said you went to Minneapolis and things like that. Finally gotten to see some restaurants, uh, maybe a Twins game, something, or no? No, a Twins game, not because um, <laughs> with baseball, I'm not really, like, I have no idea about baseball, to be honest, but... <laughs> Even with American football, like I don't know the rules because like we as a European, we don't really watch that. Yeah. But it would be, of course, it would be really fun to watch a game there. I know like I watched a game in Arizona, like Arizona Diamondbacks, yeah. uh, baseball game. But I think we were watching like two hours and we didn't know what was going on. <laughs> we were just eating and then we were saying, okay, now let's go home. Yeah. What's your other sport? Do you play anything else or, or no? No, I do um, soccer, uh -huh. tennis. Um, basketball and um, a lot of other stuff yeah but I love to play soccer and tennis yeah just watching you on social media I saw that really sort of after you got the clean bill of health you, you took a family vacation and with your girlfriend to Dubai I've uh, never been to Dubai tell me about that place um, it's amazing it was probably the best vacation I ever did uh -huh. um, it's so beautiful there um, it's hot there but it's amazing with the sea with all the buildings there um, with the food everything is just amazing there yeah i could go there like anytime <laughs> <laughs> and you did uh you did some other vacations as well this summer yeah i went to italy okay it was just like two hours from my home um, from my home right so because like where i live it, it's everywhere it's really close like swiss is like five minutes right and germany like 10 minutes so right so I you're kind of like by a like salzburg area or no italy is like in the south okay and um salzburg is in north so yeah i went to the south yeah um just uh lastly i mean you know what what is the biggest objective here in the next uh you know sort of three four weeks to show management um to play my game like mm -hmm. i know of course i have a lot of confidence in myself but i always say like i have to earn my sport and i want that they know why i have to, why i'm on the team and that's just like my mindset my matureness on the ice and my just my smartness on the ice my readiness and mm -hmm. um my competitiveness level and yeah how, how they work and i'm a good playmaker and i'm a really good offensive player but i'm not just good there i'm really good in defensive zone too and yeah i just love to win the game yeah well hey uh, marco as you know a lot of wild fans have been supporting you here the last year it's just gonna be finally great to see you healthy and on the ice and and somebody that we will get to cover here for uh, hopefully the entire season and many years to come thanks marco for joining thank you very much thank that you. is uh, marco rossi uh minnesota wild center my sincere thanks to marco rossi just a real fun kid to talk to and i'm just really really happy for him uh when it, I've just gained an immense amount of appreciation and respect for him, getting to know him the last several months, uh, you, you know, by phone, by text, and just what he's gone through. When I first did that interview in March, when he um, talked to me and, and really, um, you know, explained to me everything that was going on in his life and how difficult it was for this kid who was 19 years old to not only know if his career was in jeopardy, but his life. Uh, you know, when he when he sat there and told me about how he used to essentially cry in his parents' um, arms at night and beg them to sleep in his room because he was worried whether or not his heart would stop ticking and he would even wake up in the morning. It's it's just hard for to hear something like that and not well up and feel an immense amount of sadness for the kid. And now to see him on the other side of this and being so happy and confident in his health and confident in his abilities and then to see him um, get it done on the ice this week and look as good as he did it just gives you a lot of hope for the future for the franchise for him and it was just really fun to see 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So uh, from one top prospect to another, uh, let's talk about Matt Boldy. Um, I know a lot of people that know, know Matt well. I've heard so many great things about this kid. Um, he's so affable and so good on the ice and getting to see him um, really step up this week and show uh, what type of uh, game breaker he could be, what type of scorer he could be, how confident he is on the ice. It was also really, uh, really cool to see. And, and uh, he's another guy you hope could really uh, turn into a heck of a player for this franchise. Um, it was a real fun conversation with Matt Boldy and here is Matt right now. Next up in the, uh, in the uh, Straight from the Source podcast, uh, Matt Boldy. And I was just joking with Matt. It's the first time I've seen you since you embraced your old uh, coach with USA Hockey, Robo, and felt like every USA Hockey player was taken in your draft in the first round. It's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. That was a uh, that was a special night for sure. Being able to share with those guys, I think I think there were eight of us. So uh, being able to share that moment with those guys and and. Uh, really have that dream come true all together on the same night with something really special what's it what's it like to finally be here i mean you you came to there was one development camp right and you did was there the traverse city rookie tournament that you were part of i didn't play oh, it okay. I, I didn't play oh, right, traverse because you're city at bc College, so yeah. this is i mean you know and then obviously the pandemic last two development camps canceled so this is sort of like for you the the first as well right yeah so basically my second camp if you're counting that first development camp here so it's exciting though how much was it nice to be on the ice today with guys like Rossi and, and Mitchell Chafee and Adam Beckman and some of these prospects that we've been seeing and hearing so much about for the last couple of years? Yeah, it's awesome. It's nice to get out there with all the guys. It's kind of, kind of in, in my head, the official start of the hockey season, which is awesome. And being out there and actually getting a real practice in rather than summer skates and stuff like that is it's really nice. But being out there with those guys and and getting to be become friends with a lot of them last year playing in Iowa and coming and knowing them it's it's made it a lot easier but being out there and and kind of working with them and playing with them and making plays it's it's awesome yeah and you got to see these guys as you mentioned in Iowa last year and how much more confidence does that give you now coming to camp and feeling like you know what I, I've got I've gotten that taste of pro hockey I skated in warm-ups in the playoffs uh, you know now is the time like hey there's there's jobs open for this team give me one of them yeah, I think it uh, gives me a lot of confidence coming in. I think 
for me, it's just about kind of playing my game and doing doing what I do best rather than focusing on the future. Um, staying in the moment's the biggest thing for me, but um, it's it's exciting. I think coming in, the biggest thing is just the comfort level I have is is a lot better than my first development camp. Being able to to meet a lot of these guys last year and become friends with them coming in and been able to to rely on them and talk to them about stuff rather than kind of coming in not alone but kind of on an island by yourself where you don't really know anyone but coming in and knowing those guys it, it makes it a lot easier uh, let's go back to the, to the springtime you know you're 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 not dumb um you're not blind you probably see social media and how much wild fans were just clamoring for you to make your nhl debut last year in the playoffs in the late in the regular season did, did, you know, from your standpoint, what, was it frustrating that you didn't get in? And, and did the management ever kind of explain uh, why you didn't? Uh, yeah, I talked to him. But um, for me, I think it wasn't really frustrating. I think for me, I was I was waiting for my, my spot. And I want that time. I still want that time to be when they want me in that game and when they think it's best for me and for the team and stuff like that. And it was was a pretty unique situation that I was in. So mm-hmm. for me, it wasn't it wasn't that frustrating as as much as I think other people viewed it as something that was so bad for me. I was I was up with the big club, and I think that was a, another step towards that future goal of of playing there. You're you're not on Twitter, right? I'm not. No, right, but I know your mom and your your aunt are, right? Yeah, they are. <laughs> They're prolific on there. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, your aunt, especially, I think she's in Cali. She's yeah. always on there as she well. She loves it. Yeah. She loves How much it. is it nice that you have all the support? I know your dad as well. I mean, you know, like it just feels like you've got a lot of people behind you as a support system. Yeah, we got a we got a big family. Um, <laughs> like you said, it's an awesome support system. Knowing those guys, um, my whole family's looking after me and. They're always there for me no matter what, uh, hockey-related, unhockey-related. Um, but knowing that they have my back and that they care so much about me and, and my future, it's it, it makes going through this process a lot easier. The, the last year of the pandemic has been uh, just uh, something that all of us have obviously grown to just despise. For you, you had an incredible year, though. I mean, b- b- let's look back at last this past year. I mean, you get a gold medal in the World Juniors, obviously a big year for Boston College, and then you sign your first pro contract. Um, was From that standpoint, I mean, was it sort of a dream season for you? Yeah, it was it was an awesome year. I think winning a national championship at BC would have made it a little bit better. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a good year. I think with all the negatives we had, um, being able to go and, and play hockey, we were, we were already fortunate with that. But to have the year we had at BC, we had an unbelievable team, fell a little bit short. But that, that was an unbelievable year with that group of guys and some of my best friends playing hockey. Some of the, the most fun I think, think I've had ever playing hockey with those guys. But then adding World Juniors onto it and, and finally getting that gold medal that that a lot of uh, that group there playing at the national program kind of fought for for a bit, losing at U18 Worlds and, and finally winning that together was, was really special. And then signing my, my first pro contract and going to Iowa and, and playing well and, and kind of doing what I needed to and, and producing was, was awesome. So I don't know if uh, – if- if Tim Army has ever said it to you, but he he compares you to a guy like Miko Rantanen. First of all, has he given you that? Uh, that, that he has. Yeah. He has, uh-huh. and he yeah. coached Miko. So that mm-hmm. I mean, that, right away when you hear that, and then the way that you performed on the big world stage at World Juniors, I mean, how much confidence does that get you? That like, hey, I am, you know, I I could be a stud in this league. Uh, I think it definitely gives you some confidence. I think that's something that, that Tim does a really good job with is is talking to his guys and and reviewing certain stuff and. And making sure their guys that his guys know what what they need to work on and stuff like that. I think you gotta give him a lot of credit for how 
how good he is at that as a coach. But hearing that comparison, it's awesome. Um, Alex Newhook, who's one of my best friends, yeah. obviously, he's, he's been around him quite a bit playing in Colorado. And just the stories he's told about how good he is and stuff like that, it definitely is a good confidence confidence booster. But, I mean, you can be compared <laughs> to those guys. You, you still got to show up and show it and, and kind of work towards that. That's that's the end goal right now. But That, that day, it, it felt like all you guys signed on the same day, right, out of Boston College pretty uh, much? Pretty was, close, yeah. Yeah, pretty close. I mean, what, what, was it – you know, do, do you almost make that as a group decision or was it everybody individually? No, it, it was an individual decision for everyone. I think that was that was something that a lot of people have asked if it was a group decision or not. But I think everyone's on their own path. Everyone's doing what's best for them rather than what's best for for everyone as a whole. At that point, it's, it's worrying about yourself in a way, um, not selfishly or anything like that, but it's a... Uh, it's a personal decision that you got to make to to make that decision to leave BC, and I think all of us will sit here and say it was one of the hard decisions we've made. That place is awesome, and the coaching staff we have there and everything like that. It's, it's hard to leave such a good place, and where hockey's so good and stuff like that. But it's it's definitely individual. Um, we obviously had our conversations with each other uh, about it, but it was uh, definitely more of an individual decision rather than one group de- uh, deciding that we're all going to leave. What, what would it be like if all of a sudden this year you guys are playing Colorado and you get to look across the line and there's Alex? Yeah, that would be awesome. I think uh, he's one of my best friends. Uh, he's my roommate for two years at BC and um, spent the last month of the summer with him in Boston. He came and, and worked down and skated with me, which was awesome. But that's that's an unbelievable moment i think you you spend two years of your life playing with this guy being your best friend and to look over and and see him playing an nhl hockey game with you it's it's a dream come true um i mean that's just moments like that's what what we really look forward to there's there's a lot of guys that i think you can share those moments with uh that i know that i'm pretty close with but that'd be a pretty special one uh ranton's obviously a right wing i mean do, do you look at yourself as a future right wing in the nhl or what do you think Honestly, I, I don't mind either side. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel comfortable playing both. Um, so really, really, it falls into to where I fit in the lineup more, to be honest. Um, I feel equally comfortable playing the right side as I do as the left, being a lefty. So Right. A couple of fun questions from uh, Twitter for, from fans. This one had me laughing. Um, Ask uh, Matt, how does it feel to live in the state with the best college hockey teams? Oh, it's <laughs> awesome. It's, uh, made now my, you know the, rival- the made, rivalry with the East Coast. Yeah, schools. made my uh, childhood a lot, <laughs> lot more interesting being able to go and watch those games. Um, I grew up going to a lot of the BC games. And yeah watching the bcbu games or right. going to the bean pond stuff like that it was just so you know though this fan saying that minnesota that you live in the state now with the best oh, college hockey team. oh <laughs> all right well that's, that's already a wild fan i was already saying that yeah. i thought you were talking about boston because we do have the best college schools <laughs> but uh no it's uh it's pretty cool being here and and kind of breaking into the new area and stuff and starting to learn different parts about it do you feel like you you already have an in with bill Guerin just because he went to bc and there's that that uh, little uh uh i think uh that's a tough one coming in <laughs> as a young guy to to make that the comparison but uh i think he it's it's a little bit more comforting knowing that that he's been at bc and kind of going through similar steps that you're going through and stuff like that just another person you can you can yeah. lean on and ask for advice um uh, uh some more questions from twitter uh what's your any other sports that you played or that you love yeah i uh i grew up playing a lot of sports um lacrosse baseball golf um golf's probably my my biggest one right now that i that i keep with 
ended up having to quit baseball and lacrosse because because mm. uh, hockey started getting in the way a bit. But uh, I golf a lot now with my older brother and, and my friends all summer long. So, any uh, what players did you look up to growing up? Um, I think for me, the the player I looked up to the most when I was little was Sidney Crosby. Mm-hmm. Pretty easy answer. He was kind of the the young stud coming into the league, first overall pick, and everything like that. So. Growing up and being being a young kid, seeing this this eighteen and nineteen year old kid light it up in the NHL was was really interesting to me. So he was someone I, I gravita- gravitated towards. Have you uh, gotten to explore Minnesota yet? And what's your favorite part? Uh, I haven't. Not too much. Yeah. Um, kind of been around St. Paul a lot, but other than that, I haven't made my way too far. Uh, best uh, like if right now, favorite music or band, something that you listen to before games. Um, I like country a lot. Um, I like Thomas Rhett. He's, mm-hmm. he's probably one of my favorite. One, um, you know, this off season there was a lot of talk with the Wild on the Jack Eichel stuff, and I'm sure you saw your name and and like, oh, if they're going to trade for Eichel, uh, well, obviously it's going to have to be a top prospect in there. Was it? Was there any part of you that even stressed over that, or is that something that you just don't even worry about? Not really. It's like like we were saying before i'm not on twitter so i don't, I don't see a lot of that stuff but well, uh, now i let you know i saw it pop up a few times but it's, it's nothing you really you really worry about too much right exactly um the uh, just being out there today with guys like like rossi um you know it just feels like it, that you guys are always going to be grouped together and things like that is is that cool or is there or will there be like a little rivalry there like i gotta make at least your uh, different positions yeah i mean for but, me i i think it's pretty cool i think that ra- rivalry, I think, is a good thing. I think, in a way, if you want to call it that, I think, for to be grouped together with a guy like that, it's it's like I was saying, it's it's a positive thing. It's not a negative thing. Being mm-hmm. able to to push each other and make each other better, I think. Getting to know him the last few weeks, he doesn't few weeks. Uh, he doesn't seem like the kid that's that's gonna do something bad to hurt me, and I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely not the kid that's gonna do something bad to hurt him in any way. So I think the base base thing is is working together and talking to each other and making each other better with with that competitiveness that we have with each other but that competitiveness that's in in the best way possible in camp do you guys have roommates or or um or no uh we do okay yeah. so who's your roommate here uh bank here okay yeah and um so like what other stuff will you guys be doing during rookie camp i know you got the media mm-hmm. seminars nutrition seminars yeah and- we, we i don't think we have too much we yep. got uh a few dinners planned i think but other mm-hmm. than that it's, it's nothing crazy um just almost better you get to kind of hang around the guys on your own terms and, and get to meet them that way rather than kind of being forced together a bit which which sometimes doesn't work out the best but I think getting to know all these guys that are here now and a lot of them are, are new faces to me guys that, that I haven't uh, met before so it's it's nice to, uh, to make some new friends and just last couple of minutes with you Matt um you know I was talking to Brad Bombardier yesterday and he said that it and just seeing you now it's clear you had a big summer I mean you know how just getting that taste of Iowa and then coming into the offseason did that did, like what were some of the things that they told you to work on this this offseason and and how much you know what did you do in the gym and on the ice yeah I think talking to them at the end of the year it was it was kind of be, becoming a little bit more explosive and with that's going to make my skating better and everything like that but I think the biggest thing for me was the group that we worked out with uh worked out at EPS and in, in Boston um we got tw- 20 NHL guys in there mm-hmm. every day in the summer so being around those guys makes it pretty easy to to compare yourself to them and you're seeing one guy uh lifting that much it's it makes it pretty easy to go over there and try to try to do it yourself and I think 
that's another one of those competitiveness things that's for the best for everyone um, being put in that situation I think helped me a lot because see all these guys that are that are playing the NHL and doing so well and seeing what they're doing it makes it easy to, to kind of replicate that and and it, it makes yourself better and like you said I, I worked on a lot of different stuff but um, I think overall just every part of me got got a little bit better this summer who are, who are some of those NHLers that work uh, we got a lot of guys we got like Kevin Hayes um, Noah Hannafin, Colin White, Zach Sanford, um, Wallstrom, Newhook, mm-hmm. um, Matias Samuelson. Um, Coyle's not in that one. Coyle's right? in okay, it too. Yeah. Coyle, Donato, Wagner. Right. We got a lot of guys. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, Boston twangs there. Exactly. Charlie Coyle is one of the best uh, best people around. I don't best know how guys he, around, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's awesome. Just, yeah, he, as good he, a guy he's as He's taking there. care of me for yeah. the last that's, few summers. So. That's really cool. Um, you know, just lastly, I mean, well, you just mentioned, I mean, what did he tell you about Minnesota and this organization? So I know uh, he did love it here. Yeah, he, uh, he had nothing but good things to say, I think. That summer I got drafted, I was I was working out with those guys, and I think he was one of the first people to come up and, and say if I ever need anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was out of Minnesota by then already, yeah. too, and just if I ever need anything, just give him a call or a text, and he'll help me out and stuff like that. But he had nothing but good things to say. Yeah. And just talking about how much I'm going to love it and, and how much fun it's going to be for me. Yeah. And just lastly, I mean, I, I know that this to you is probably the first day of actual training camp, mm-hmm. not rookie camp. What it, do you expect that in three weeks that you, we are going to see you in a wild uniform on opening night in Anaheim? Uh, I mean, that's the hope for me. I uh-huh. think uh, I was telling them over there in the media that it's kind of just a day by day day thing for me. I think that's that's the best way to approach it and, and not looking too far into the future. I think right now it's it's this camp right now and then it will go into to the other camp but just going day by day rather than looking into the future and, and I think the more I look into the future and think about that the the more it affects me on on a yeah. daily basis so just kind of staying in the moment and, and having fun with it's it's is the biggest thing for me I think the one cool thing from my perspective covering this training camp though is that for the first time in a long time there's actual jobs open like mm-hmm. there's roster spots available and I, I assume that for players like you that does give you hope there's mm-hmm. so many times I cover come to camp and you hear like you know players like I want to make the team but then you do the math and you mm-hmm. realize there's really no way you're gonna um, here there's there are there are two maybe three jobs open yeah I think there's definitely spots and, and chances and and places that I think I can play play in that lineup no doubt but um, like you're saying like I was saying it's it's a few weeks away right now but um just just taking that day by day I think it's the biggest thing for me I've, I've honestly tried not to look at it too much I think if I go out there and just play my game and play the way that I know I can and then if you do that and you know know you play good hockey, you just put it in their hands and, and they make the decision for you. It's you know have much say other than than what you do out there. So, well, hey Matt, uh, you know I, I really do appreciate uh, you doing this. Uh, looking forward to covering you. Uh, you know I've uh, been watching from afar for a long time. You've some of the greatest agents around too, and the Bartlett's I as do. well. Uh, exactly. I've known his, I've known Brian, your agent's dad, mm-hmm. Steve, forever, mm-hmm. and he's just absolute beauty. So, and uh, you know, and also knew a lot of guys on that World Junior team too. So, just really looking forward to covering you and getting to see you out on the ice here starting uh, this weekend. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Appreciate it. So, my thanks to both Marco Rossi and Matt Boldy. And if you are listening to this podcast, uh, you know that there are podcasts all throughout 
our platform. One of my favorite ones is The Athletic Hockey Show. It publishes every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday with Ian Mendez and Sean McAndrew, Haley Salvian this week, Sean Gentile, Max Boltman, Corey Promen, Craig Custance are all on it as well. So uh, definitely listen to that. Read all uh, my coverage during upcoming Wild Training Camp. If you are not an Athletic subscriber, now is the time to get in because Training Camp is right around the corner. Maybe one of these days you'll be able to read my Kirill Kaprizov sign story that, by the way, has been written for about two months. Thanks for listening to Straight from the Source. Please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a nice rating and review. Subscribe to The Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. Start with a 30-day free trial, then just 99 cents a month after that. And right now, annual subscriptions to The Athletic are 50% off when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Straight from the source.